Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. Hello, everyone. Um, If there are any um, younger people um, who need to go, now is your time to go. I think your leaders are exiting the building, or not the building, the room. Follow them. That's great. Don't leave the building, please. Thank you. Great. Um, My name's Jake. Um, If I haven't met you, I'm sorry for that. Please love to meet you after the service. um, It's really good to be with you guys here tonight. I'm an American, um, so born in the States, raised in the States, and we, um, if you don't know, Americans are incredibly patriotic people, a little bit aggressive about that at times, and I'm sorry for that. Um, But just from, from me to anyone who's served in any kind of military capacity, thank you. That's huge. My brother um, was a police officer, which is not quite the same thing, but those sort of jobs are crazy, intense. They cost a lot and, um, yeah, a lot to the individual. So thank you guys for that. It's amazing. Um, So tonight we're going to jump in to the book of Matthew, um, chapter 19 and verse 16. And what we're going to, we're going to continue talking about this idea of proclaiming freedom Um, I've taken the liberty of just looking up a couple definitions of those two words. I'm a little bit of a wordy person. Sorry for that again. But I think sometimes it can help for us to look at just simple meanings of words because sometimes phrases can get a little bit lost because maybe you say them often and then you don't really think about what's really being said when you talk about a thing. Um, I know that I find that to be pretty common for me. So to proclaim is to as you can see up there, indicate clearly. One of the things that my wife is very good at doing is proclaiming when she is hungry. Um, She indicates extremely clearly when she wants food. So to proclaim, indicate clearly. And freedom is the state of not being in slavery or bondage. So it's, it's a state of being where you are not held against your will in any capacity. So that's freedom. So when we talk about this challenge of proclaiming freedom, we're indicating clearly that there is potential for a state of not being in slavery or in bondage. So in this passage, what we're going to look at is a story of a young man who comes to Jesus, and he's, he's, he's coming to Jesus because he wants to follow Jesus. He actually wants to be close to Jesus, and he feels a gap or an emptiness or something missing in his heart and in his life that he feels is hindering that. So we're going to jump into this story, read it, and draw just a couple small things out of this that I think help us as we learn to proclaim freedom over our own lives, but also to be people who bring that into the lives of other people, um, to help others to understand areas where maybe they are a bit stuck in a way of thinking or literally stuck in a situation that they can't get out of and dealing with those sort of things together. Verse 16 of Matthew chapter 19. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
The young man said to him, all these I have kept. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Pretty sad conversation, I would say. This young man comes to Jesus quite excited. Another passage where this story is shared, it actually says that he comes to Jesus and he kneels in front of Jesus. He's very earnest about the conversation that he's about to have with the Son of God. And he says, what do I have to do to have this eternal life. You've, you've been sharing with, with everyone that you meet about eternal life. You're saying that you have the bread of life, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. I want this life. What do I have to do to get it? And Jesus is really, really witty. I love the way Jesus communicates. Um, have you ever heard someone, just the way they talk or when you read what they write, you just, you're like, oh, the way this guy, he's brilliant. I love the way he does this. That's how I feel about Jesus. Anyway, he communicates in such a way where he actually goes straight for the young guy's heart. And that's what Jesus always does in communication. He goes right after the heart of the person in front of him. And he says to him, well, follow the rules. You know the rules, right? You know, don't kill anybody. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Follow the rules. That's, that's how you gain life. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I've done that my entire life. I've been following the rules. What are you talking about? I, I, I know that I'm not supposed to kill, and I've never killed anybody, and I've never committed adultery. I've been following the rules. I really have. So automatically, as Jesus communicates this to the young man, I can just see in his mind. I'm imagining if Jesus had said that to me and and if that was my mindset, and sometimes it definitely is my mindset, God, why isn't this situation different? Ah, I'm doing everything right. Why isn't this what I want it to be? And I can see Jesus saying, well, are you doing everything right? I'm like, yeah, I, I've, I mean, I'm doing the best I can. I mean, nobody's perfect, but I'm, I'm like really trying. And then I realize, because what this young man probably realized at that point is Jesus only listed six out of 10 commandments right? He just rattles off a list of the Ten Commandments. The other four commandments in this passage all have to do with being close to the heart of the Father. All of those commandments can actually be summed up in love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So this young man earnestly is following Jesus, and he's so actually bound by this idea that if I do everything right, this eternal life that is supposed to be, it must be that if I do everything right, and he's tried really, really hard. Can anyone relate to that in a situation where I've just, I've tried really, really hard to get this life or to have this experience that I know is good, and it just, it just isn't working. And I think so often our assumption as humans when things go wrong or when things go right is I must have done something to make that go wrong or I must have done something to make that go right. And I think that one of the things that God wants to bring freedom for us, and this isn't a lack of responsibility, but this is just understanding that regardless of whether or not things are going right, regardless of whether or not I've done things right, the closeness that God wants to have with me doesn't change. 
And that's the beautiful thing about what Jesus is trying to communicate to this young man in the passage. Because Jesus says to him, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. In this passage, the word treasure in heaven, sometimes we, um, when we think of heaven, who goes straight to like after I die, right? Anyone? Oh, it's a thing we do so often, especially in Western culture. We don't have the background of Hebrew culture and the way that they thought and the way that they believed. But in this passage, when Jesus says you will have treasure in heaven, he's actually not talking about just when you die. That's part of it. But that's not all of what he's talking about, because Hebrews believed that there's this place six inches above your head. And in this space, this space is called heaven. In this space is where your spirit lives. It's where God's spirit can communicate to your spirit. It's where enemy Satan can lie to you in that place. It's the connection of your spirit to the spiritual realm. And it's a place six inches above your head, and it's heaven. That's what they believe. So when Jesus said you will have treasure in heaven, Jesus isn't just saying, look, if you sell everything, if you give it all up for me, when you die in 50 years or whenever it is that you're going to die, you're a young man, so maybe 70 years, when you die, there'll be a pile of gold there that you can have and you can enjoy with me. We'll have tacos together and it'll be great. That's not what he's saying, although I'm sure that's part of the picture. What he's saying is your soul, that place where your soul lives, will be fulfilled. It won't be empty. It won't be broken. And this thing that you, you, you know how you said you lack something? I'll give it to you. I tell you what, I'll trade you your love of money for a fulfilled soul. This is the offer that Jesus is bringing to this young man. And it's, it's actually astounding how often, even as believers, we can find ourselves in a situation where, if we're really honest with ourselves, there are so many things that we love, that we've chosen to love, that we've chosen to put a lot of time, energy, and effort into. If, it's, if I'm being honest, it's probably soccer. I put a lot of energy and effort into Manchester United, and I just, I believe. So there, there's things that we just really put our heart and our soul into, that sometimes if we were to give those to the Father, and release our care over them, and instead put that same amount of care, devotion, and effort into a quiet time with Jesus, our souls would be satisfied. This is the invitation that he's offering this young man. The saddest part of this story is that the young man walks away from Jesus. Jesus is offering him freedom from something that's really powerful. Jesus is saying, look, this thing that you love that's actually not giving you life, that's leaving this massive hole in your purpose and in your identity and in everything you want, it's actually something that you, you can see it when you look at yourself. You know it's there. You came to me. And then the man decides to walk away. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that his offer of this freedom and this beauty and this relationship isn't a one-time offer. Um, for us as believers, he continues to offer. He continues to communicate with us. He continues to say, look, I'm here today, and I'll be here tomorrow and the day after that, and I will be consistent and committed to you. Jesus offers to take our brokenness, our pain, whatever it is, and trade that 
in for wholeness and healing and life and beauty. I think that's awesome. I think it's amazing that Jesus chooses to do that. The other thing that the man really struggled with, it wasn't just his possessions, it was his position. If you read in another context, another passage where the same story is written, we find that he's actually a ruler, a rich young ruler. So Jesus says, come and follow me. So what Jesus is saying, your need to be in control of a situation your need to have strong power and say in what's going on, that's actually stealing your life because you're coming up against situations that you can't control, things that you can't solve. At this time in, in, the, like in this young man's life, all of Israel was in chaos. There were rebellions happening left, right, and center. People were being murdered and hung on crosses. Like Jesus wasn't the only one hung on a cross. There were people hung on crosses during that time and age literally every day. It was not an uncommon thing. So it's a very negative time. And he's a ruler. He's a leader. And he has this responsibility. And probably he has a sense of, I have to fix this. I have to be the one to take this on. And again, Jesus is saying, you can come and you can follow me. And I'll take that sense of responsibility to something that you probably can't fix anyway. I'll take that. And what I'll do is I'll give you a purpose that will define you forever, regardless of whether or not the nation of Israel rises again, regardless of whether or not whatever you're meant to be leading succeeds. Beautiful thing about what this means for us is most of us here are probably Christians, I'm guessing, at least five of us, and maybe there's a couple of people who aren't. The offer of freedom that God is extending in this way and in this place is open to all of us. If you're in a place where you're feeling like, oh man, the reality is I do feel empty and I do feel that there are some key things in my life, whether it's in the area of finance, in the area of family, in the area of personal, like how I feel about myself, those areas, if there are places where you're like, this is not right, this isn't complete, this isn't how I'm meant to be living, I can tell that this isn't right. Jesus is so ready to come and say, look, lay those things down and spend some time with me. And I'm not saying like, give up your whole life right now and go off and be a missionary. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, go spend that time with Jesus in that moment when maybe you're tempted to watch a little bit too much, you know, highlights of Manchester United games, or maybe you're a little bit too concerned about what's going on at work, what's going on in the state of the world around us. Who knows the world's a little bit messy right now. Yeah, it's kind of not that cool all the time. But the beauty of the freedom that God gives us is regardless of whether or not we're doing everything right, regardless of whether or not the thing that we're responsible for, the thing that we need to fix is being fixed well or quickly, all of those things set aside, Jesus is willing to be close and connected with us. So I want to read just a quote. I was, I was praying and I was like, God, I just want to have a quote, like, I just want to have like, just to sum it up in one like phrase or one like little paragraph. So I prayed about it and I rewrote it like 10 times and I've got it here. And I want to close on this. And I want to invite us as, as I read this, just to ask God if like the person that I'm about to read about, if you feel like that's you in any area of your life. And what we're going to do is just as the band, you guys can probably come back up. We're just going to spend just a second and just hear from God over this area of, man, am I deciding where I'm allowed to be free? Am I resisting the freedom that God is wanting to bring to me in this area of whatever it is, you know what that area is. And then just to let him talk to you, 
Let him spend that time. Take that two or three minutes right here, right now to be with him instead of trying to necessarily figure it out ourselves. A person who finds their value in the temporary fulfillment of the world or the ever-changing standards of success will find it a daunting prospect to live and exist in a place where their primary value is intrinsic and not based in what they can bring to the table or accomplish, but rather in the value ascribed to them by Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for them. As we lay down these areas of, man, my value isn't based in my success. Who I am doesn't, like what I'm able to accomplish doesn't define if I have worth or value. Those things that hold us together, those things that maybe shouldn't hold us together that we rely on. As we lay those things down, we just, yeah, we have this opportunity to be in a place called the kingdom of God where Jesus tells us we're valuable because he loved us, where Jesus tells us we're valuable because he died for us. And there's a great amount of freedom in that truth in any situation that we come up against. So God, we welcome your spirit. We welcome you to speak to us and to move and to do, to have your way, God. We just take this small little, yeah, conversation. We submit it to you. God, whatever you're saying, that's, that's what matters. Um, and we welcome you to speak to us as individuals and as a community. And we love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.